Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80. And your smart speakers. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. And look who's sitting next to us right now. If it isn't ESPN NFL front office insider himself, Mike Tannenbaum. Max, we were this close. I was on Max's show yesterday, this just in, 2 p.m. local time on ESPN. Look at yes, you getting other people show. to plug your Handsome show for host. you. Well yes. done. And, and I not only, you know, the spread, whatever it was, 10-11, I was like, Ten the Giants, Giants are going to not only cover, but did it, Max, did I not say it? We were so close. Yeah. The Phantom yeah. face mask, the taunting call, either of those different, we may be looking at a win Pre-snap today. penalty get, takes away an interception that Mahomes throws. Uh, uh, yeah, Jimenez. Yeah, and, and Jay, so by the tough. way, do you know the big news on this show as it relates to the, the, the Giants beating spread? I don't so, think he does. Oh, well, why don't you tell well, him? Key Jay? and I had a big $500 bet Ooh. on this because Key said they were going to get destroyed. And I was like, well, the Giants have a habit of making games yucky for their opponents, especially considering the way the Chiefs have been <laughs> against the spread lately. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It was a good day. Yeah, Key okay. said, no, no, no problem, Jay. You're going to get your money. Jay wants the bills ironed, and he wants it all in ones. He wants it in singles. <laughs> just, to make it, yeah, just to make it difficult. I would take it in pennies. You know, that's 50,000 <laughs> no. pennies. Can't lug- I have a hurt knee. I'm not going to be lugging the pennies down to my I car. want it in a sack, like with a money sign on it. 50,000 <laughs> like pennies. Like Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you guys, you know what you should do with it? You should buy a really nice, like, leather jacket or something, and everyone's like, nice leather jacket. Be like, oh, I beat Key for on a bet with that. Oh, ooh, ooh, I like, ooh, I like oh. that. Funny story, we did a, a, a show one time with uh, Rex Ryan. We were on NCIS on CBS, so we had to join SAG, you know, the yep. uh, actors union. So Rex gets a check for a couple thousand dollars for his appearance. I'm like, what are you going to do, Rex? He's like, hey, I'm going to buy a really nice leather jacket. So anytime I walk into a room and someone's like, hey, that's a beautiful leather jacket, he'd be like, yeah, I bought it with my acting earnings. <laughs> <laughs> Key, you have nothing to say about any of this? Yeah, I'm just letting y'all talk as y'all always do. I ain't, you know, mm. letting y'all run y'all mouth. He wants some money, so <laughs> he should be happy. We move, we're moving on from that. We're, we're concentrating on the next thing, which is Mike Tannenbaum, uh, the Giants, the way that they play, Derrick Henry, the playoffs. That, those are the things we should be talking about right now. We well, shouldn't be talking about something that happened in the past. Well, <laughs> that's why bringing up old stuff, Jay. Jay, why are you bringing up that's old how stuff? I feel about what you just said. <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Um, Giants takeaways from, from Monday Night Football, Mike? Yeah, a couple of things. I, I'm encouraged if I'm a Giant fan. First of all, the defense played well. I mean, Patrick Mahomes at home, yes. not perfect. You know, I want to see Ojalari do a little bit more. Jimenez, I want to see him to stay onside. But look, they, they hung in there. Or Dory Jackson, he can run with Tyreek Hill. Very few can. Um, pass rush still needs to come along. And then offensively, what I was disappointed in, guys, was this. I thought when they got the ball back, down three, if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm not letting Daniel Jones stay in the pocket. I got multiple backup offensive linemen. Frank Clark, Chris Jones are, are doing a really good job. I'm either moving Daniel Jones outside the pocket key or I'm just getting the ball out of his hands. Like For him to sit there as a statue, I thought it was poor design and poor execution. Yeah, you know <sighs> – the interesting thing about it is I thought that they did a pretty good job, but, you know, teams like the Giants, are their record's the reason that it's – the record is that way because they're a bad football team. 
And got teams like Kansas City figure out how to win games despite the problems that they've had. The Giants, on the other hand, have not figured out how to win on a consistent basis. And injuries are due to a part of that. And guys are in and out of the lineup. But I think, you know, for whatever reason, when you go and look at this situation and self-evaluate and self-check, Mike, you and I will be having a conversation at the end of the season to figure out what our staff is going to look like because clearly Jason Garrett hasn't figured it out from an offensive coordinating standpoint how to make Daniel Jones as successful as he can be. It's almost like that they just, I don't know, he's taking plays and just plugging them in and hoping that they work. No, I was going to say, Mike, so the first pick that he threw, it it was a bad pick. I mean, even Eli and Peyton, Peyton was yelling at the TV screen, don't stare at your target. Like, you can't be that predictable. But for the most part, Eli has been playing. I mean, look look at me talking about like a Super Bowl champion. Daniel Jones. Speaking of guy who sometimes threw some ill-advised picks. (laughs) Peyton's like, what is he doing? Eli's like, I don't know. It's okay to me. (laughs) (laughs) But Daniel Jones has been playing better. But the amount of pressure that he gets on him, I mean, there was there was one pass to Jackson, which he just kind of hit him in the shoulder because he could even come out of his route. Like it, it feels like there are certain things, even on the, the last couple of plays, the last couple of downs, right? Like the sacks, like the fumble that he had towards the end. It just felt like that to me was the epitome of some of the issues with that O line and some of the like those things always come back to haunt our team. Yeah, and, and it goes back a little bit to what Keith said too. Like there's some little minor things like. Sterling Shepard on fourth and four running a two-yard route. Like, I, like, yeah, I, I, don't I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Like, Who's an excellent route runner, by the way, Sterling yeah. Shepard. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It just seemed to me like watching the game Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys go into Minnesota with a backup quarterback and Cooper Rush. Kellen Moore takes two offensive linemen, puts it in the backfield. Like, I love seeing that. You're trying to be a problem solver. You're trying to be creative. And we didn't see that last night. And, again, on that last drive, like – I'm almost playing for a personal uh, pass interference call. I may go max protection, keep in a back, keep in a tight end, and say to John Ross, look, you're going to run a go route, and we're throwing to you, even if it's in double coverage, because you're either going to catch it or hopefully we'll get a PI. So I just felt like there was a little bit of not a recognition of understanding that we can't block him right now. And as Lewis Riddick said before this, uh, that drive, like a sack ends the game. Mm-hmm. He gets sacked, game over. Yeah. Um, meantime, Derek. Henry's injury uh, looms large in the NFL right now. And I'm wondering, Mike, I think you know where I'm going with this. Your face lit up. How Does does this have an impact on Saquon Barkley long-term with the Giants? It, it, it could. I mean, again, I think some of Saquon's uh, value, though, guys, is look at them without him. Like, again, they go in and they beat the Saint. That Saint win looks a lot better now, the fact that, they have a championship defense, and they just show that again against Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Saquon Barkley made the one play in that game that changed everything, and I think because he can make plays out of the backfield, yes. if I'm representing Saquon Barkley, I'm talking about Alvin Kamara. I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I'm not talking about Derrick Henry. So the whole do you pay a running back, I think on this team, yes, you do because he's so valuable. Uh, the other interesting thing to me, guys, is you know Chris Berman made a great point Sunday. in the We were watching the games in Bristol. He's like, the – AFC South is over because not only does Tennessee have a three-game lead, but they beat yeah, Indy twice. twice. Now, and obviously Houston and Jacksonville are going to be out. Now, all of a sudden, like, does this give Indy some life? It does. Of course it does. And you look at the schedule. Titans have a couple tough games. Indy has a couple on the schedule, soft games. Two weeks from now, we may easily be in a situation, could easily happen, where it's a one-game lead in the division. Who knows? Who knows? That's. Uh, I want to get back to the uh, to the Giants, of course, 
my beloved New York football giants. Mike, this is a team that's that's lost some close games, a field goal to the Falcons, one point loss to Washington, which was a robbery they called offside when it wasn't. Um, just now, a field goal to the Chiefs. But bad teams have a way of losing those games, and good teams have a way of winning them consistently over the years. Yep. And this has been the case with the Giants for years now. Why fundamentally are they a bad team? Yeah, um, we were talking about that earlier in ESP in New York, which is like, you know, I was born here, compete against them, and it was Bill Parcells and Phil Sims and Michael Strahan and Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin. It was the New York Giants. And you're watching the game last night, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs with the best player on the planet in their home, uh, in their home stadium. And it, to me, it was a great opportunity for the Giants and Daniel Jones to say, we're going to win this game. And to me, if I'm Daniel Jones, it couldn't have been drawn up any better, which is we're down three, balls in my hands, we're going to go mm-hmm. win this game. And I thought he just blew an opportunity. And they have lost some of their stature because of what's happened over the last three or four years. It's not Strahan and Eli and Coughlin and Carl Banks and Phil Sim- like that like era to me has kind of gone, but I thought they had an opportunity last night. You know, Teddy Bruschi put it great. He said, when Cincinnati went into Baltimore and beat Baltimore, that was a reputation-busting win. Like last night for the Giants, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones could have been like a reputation-busting win. Go beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, Monday Night Football. And to have it end on a sack, the one thing that can't happen was so disappointing. Well, it's not like Kansas City's defense is one of the best defenses. That's a problem, too. And you're sitting there saying, okay – so the Giants mustered up 17 points against one of the worst defenses in the league. Like, even without – that's what – that's I kind of was like, come on, guys. Like, that's what – watching the facial reactions of Eli Manning and Michael Strahan at the same time watching their own team, I'm like, oh, it just confirms how I actually feel about my own team. Well, here's what I would say about that team, the, the Giants. The Giants' offense is dismal. They, they're not the Eli Manning offenses. They're not the Michael Strahan teams. This is a very bad football team, and very bad football teams lose football games. They would never have a moment like that against the Kansas City Chiefs like the Baltimore Ravens or, or, or like Cincinnati had against the Baltimore Ravens because they're not there yet. This team is not anywhere near close to where Cincinnati is or where the Ravens were when they took care of business against Kansas City. It's just it's going to come at some point in time. It won't come this year because they're still trying to figure things out. In fact, I think Joe Judge will be reshuffling the deck on his staff at the end of the season because they can't go in the next season with the same staff put together and running back the same things that they did this year. Yeah, and you look at the schedule. They host the Raiders next. Then they're on the road at the Bucks. You figure two losses, although I'd be interested in seeing how they play against the Raiders. Like, is this a demoralizing loss for them because they because of the way it ended and they came so close but came up short? Or do they take some heart from this because they competed and now they're getting a team at home? And then they're on the road to the, with the Bucks. Good luck. But then they host the Eagles. They're on the road with the Dolphins. There are some winnable games there. This is not a Detroit Lions team that's incapable of winning games. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And if the four of us were running the Giants, I think one of the things we'd like to say is like, hey, let's go see Saquon out there with Galladay and Tony and everybody else. You know, every, they're missing a couple offensive linemen, Andrew Thomas, right? How long they've been saying that, though, Mike? I know. Yeah, I know, Key. Hurt. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and we, we just saw Trevor Simeon 
be Tom Brady and Cooper. Like, we've seen other teams step up. That's totally fair. But I'm just saying, before we would make any sort of transformational decisions on what we should do, I think in fairness to Dave Gettleman, to Joe Judge, let's go see them play a couple With Tony games. especially, because Saquon has not been able to play with a dynamic wideout since Odell left, and that's when he had his best season as a rookie. When was with- Odell a dynamic wideout? Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. He the was- guy that makes $16 million a year not to... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, but he that, was but okay. that guy was, you know, he was putting up like early career Randy Moss numbers in the, you know, beginning of his career. And and he really had he hasn't been replaced by until Kadarius Tony was drafted. He hadn't been replaced by a like, "Oh my god, did you see that kind of wide out talent?" Right? It would be interesting to see them all play together and Daniel Jones a mobile, you know, like Saquon but- was playing with the end of Eli, so was so was Odell. Now they got a guy who can play in Daniel Jones, and it would be nice to see him all together. I, I just feel like we're even with Kenny Galladay being hurt. We're we're in a situation where we're always waiting to assess this team when guys come back. How would you assess a guy like Saquon, who obviously is coming off injury this offseason, gets back, gets hurt again? I know you said that game versus the Saints, he was the one that busted it open. Like, what's that sweet spot, right? Is that like you're not going to overpay for him, are you? Because yeah. he has a history of being injury prone. Yeah, and look, Christian McCaffrey is another like version of the same conversation, which is you can't let Christian McCaffrey graduate, and leave your program, but he's missed more games than he's played the last two years. Like that's just the facts. Todd and, Gurley. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm talking about guys like Kamara and, yeah. and, and McCaffrey in particular, because like to me, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't pay a running back, quote unquote, as just a running back. But I think Barkley, because he's so it's dynamic, not out your of the back money, there. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but you can split them out if you want. You can yeah. do all kinds of stuff with exactly. them. Exactly, and yeah. that to me, like that's how you develop Daniel Jones. Like, if you look at the game last night, so many of Patrick Mahomes' quote unquote passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You're just like pushing the ball to Kelsey, to Hill, to Hardman, and you could do that with Barkley. You could do that with Tony Kadarius. Tony is a great athlete from Mobile, Alabama, highly recruited, goes to Florida. And one of the things I like about him, like from a scouting standpoint, he has tremendous football acumen. Because if you watch him at Florida, he lined up all over the place. So you know he's really smart. He's a great athlete. He's tough. Like, to me, he's a guy that if you can get him on the field with Galladay, with Barkley, I think that's a really form. Like, most defenses can't match up with that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Barbasol. Feeling great starts with a great shave and great shave. Start with Barbasol shaving cream. That's Barbasol shaving cream. An American classic for over 100 years. You're looking good, America. You're shaving with Barbasol. Okay. The Rams will send Mike. Yeah, we need you back here, Mike. <laughs> Mike said, what time? How, how long we have? Enough. I said 821. <laughs> you thought I meant until we're back, but we're going straight to 821. I thought that's what you meant, Mike. Look at this. We had a little miscommunication at the line <laughs> yeah. of scrimmage. I at got a false start. <laughs> that's right. False start. Inspired by the Giants last York. night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so the Rams are going to send a second and a third round pick in the 2022 draft to Denver. They have like a fifth round pick and I think a conditional third left, right? The, um, um, they have no, like nothing, basically. Second and third round pick to tw- in 2022 to Denver in exchange for eight-time Pro Bowler and former uh, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. League sources told Adam Schefter. So they don't have a first round pick, the Rams, until 2024. Their last first round pick was Jared Goff in 2016. Here's what they have left in this year's draft, okay? Will this strategy pay off? Like, okay, let's see. Um, 
their number one pick in the 2022 draft belongs to the Lions or is traded to the Lions. Number two traded to the Broncos yesterday. Number three traded to the Broncos. They still own a compensatory pick um, via the Brad Holmes hire in, in round three. Round four traded to the Texans. Round five, they have their own round five. Round six traded to the Patriots. So they have their own seventh-round pick and the Dolphins' seventh-round pick. So two sevens, a five, and a conditional third-round pick is everything they have in this year's draft. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. The eyes of the football world are watching this for a couple of reasons. One, you've got to give them credit from this standpoint. They're all in on the strategy. Win, lose, or draw, the owner, the head coach, the GM, they're saying, hey, we're going to collect as many great players as possible, and we're going to pay the bill for the next three years. Now, I don't think it's going to work. I think sometimes you acquire a player for what they were, not what they're going to be. Look at Carson Wentz. Look at J.J. Watt. This could be another situation where what are they going to be able to do moving forward? And I think Von Miller is a B now, not an A. We talked about that yesterday. And my, from my standpoint is I still don't know if they have the right depth. We're talking about we're not even halfway through the season. They have a few key players that if they would lose, to me it's over they, because they're so top-heavy from a roster construction standpoint. We'll see how it plays out. But if I had a better dollar because of – Arizona, the way Kyle Murray is playing, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. I just don't know if the Rams' depth is going to be able to hang in there with those teams. Yeah, I think, Mike, the depth part of, of the equation is, is uh, what could come back to hunt the Rams. But also, you, you mentioned Von Miller as a B. He is probably, you're probably right on in terms of that grade. He's a B player right now. You paid a hefty price to get him. I always equate on my chart a two and a three as a low one to me. Uh, I because I can negotiate my two and then my three and possibly get the 29th to 30th pick of the draft moving up there. So you essentially have given up a first round pick for a guy for 10 games in a regular season, hopefully a nice run into the playoffs. How many games will he actually play? Will he be effective opposite of, of Aaron Donald or, or Floyd? What do you do with him? He has to get up to speed on what you want to run from a defensive philosophy standpoint. Yes, you could say, okay, all we need him to do is turn the corner and bend the edge. Well, it's not just that simple. Um, I understand what the Rams are trying to do. I understand pushing all their chips to the to front, even with this acquisition of Von Miller, they're still probably the third or fourth best team in the NFC. And, and, and that's, you know, that's not a slight. That's still a pretty strong hold. But you got the Cowboys. You got the Packers. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And depending on what happens in New Orleans with the Saints and their quarterback situation, when Michael Thomas comes back off of IR, now all of a sudden they're getting they're going to get stronger and much better. And how, Oh, by the way, Let's not forget about the Arizona Cardinals, a team that came into your own building and shellac you. So I don't really know what they're – I mean, I know what they're doing. I don't really know if it was the right way to do things because you're essentially mortgaging off your future for whatever reason. I have no idea. You know what I was going to say, Mike, just as a fan, right? There, there, And I get that you and Key look at this from a perspective of saying, okay, like what's also in the best long-term interest when you make a move like this? But as a fan, I love when I see teams that are aggressive. I love when I see teams that say, you know what? We're going to go for this right now. Like, this is our window. And I hear what you're saying from a depth perspective. But I, I, don't, I feel like we find reasons to dislike the Rams, right? And I know that the loss to the Cardinals was a 
really eye-opening loss, just similar to the way the Saints beat up on the Packers at the beginning of the year, turned into a big story. This team is 7-1. and one. They have been dominating their opponents. So does, the, is the lack of depth the only thing that holds you back from saying that this team has a chance to be a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, for me, there's something else uh, fundamentally, which is Matt Stafford. Which I'm is, so glad you brought that up. Good. Yeah, and I've been arguing with Orlovsky for about seven months on this, them and the fighting winces, right? Because <laughs> Matt Stafford's never won. And all, all this idea that, well, I have to go to the Rams to you know get all these great weapons. Like, last time I checked, Calvin Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, they never, he never won a playoff game. Like, we won four playoff games with Mark Sanchez. Like, I, I Mike, stay right there. I think, that's, I think you hit it on the head. The perception of the Rams, and I think they're the best team in the NFL. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. They're among them. The, the perception of the Rams, I think, is different than the Packers and some of these other teams because of the quarterback. We know he has talent, but we don't perceive him as a great quarterback, I think, because he hasn't been on good teams. Yours, and, but the question is open. He's 0-3 in the playoffs, Never right? Never a playoff game. His, he's leading the league in QBR now by a lot over Tom Brady. He's eight, so he's halfway through a 16-game schedule, so there's a basis of comparison. He'd be on pace for 44 touchdowns and eight interceptions because he's 22-4 and four right now, almost 5,000 yards. Like, if he wins in the playoffs this year, a couple of playoff games at least, does that – because he's the Mr. Fourth Quarter comeback, right? If, if, if he does that, does your perception change of Stafford? Probably, but – he hasn't. You know, that's why I'll go. With, I'm with I, you, Mike. Yeah, I'll go with Kyler Murray. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. I'll go with Tom Brady. And by the way, didn't we learn something about Dak Prescott? Like, he goes in on opening night, places rocking, Thursday night, opening night football, doesn't practice. He has the leg, then the shoulder, and they go toe-to-toe with the world champs. And by the yeah. way, they just go beat a Minnesota team without Dak. Like, I'm not so sure that Dallas doesn't dominate the Rams as well. So, to me – Look, you got to give the Rams their due. They are 7-1. and one. But to me, the fact that Matt Stafford's ever won a playoff but, game, I, I, like that is not an insignificant Mike, we, No, we, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the we, craziest we about this all the time. Like, people are like, oh, Jay Wright, he never wins. And I'm like, okay, like doesn't mean he's, he ha- doesn't have a chance to be exceptional. Then all of a sudden he wins multiple championships. And I'll be like, oh, he's one of these on the Mount Rushmore. Like, it, it doesn't mean it can't be done because it hasn't been done before. Well, that's basketball, though, Jay. This it's football. football. <laughs> that translates to every sport. No, this football, oh, though, is, is different. He's on the back end of his career. He's not on the front end of his career. Just like people talk about Lamar hasn't won. and Lamar, had, Lamar has time to do this. Matthew Stafford does not have time. When, when you are an elite quarterback and you've only gone to three playoff games, and by the way, Mike did mention – Hall of Fame wide receiver in Calvin Johnson. And, it, and by the way, they did have a few other pieces outside of Calvin Johnson, and they never advanced further than that. Sometimes, it's, no matter what the situation is, it's just not your time. We see them without it, Stafford. That's just what it is, though. It, 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 it's just that. And when Mike's talking about, I clearly understand. Now, look, can he do it? Maybe. Will he do it? Maybe. Has he done it? No. No, he hasn't. So all we can go on is based on what we have seen thus no far. Doubt, no doubt his legacy is on the line this year. Either he can never win in the playoffs or, no, he was just on a bad team in the past. We will see. Fascinating kind of experiment with Stafford and the Rams. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. And speaking of quarterbacks... 
We all thought one guy was the perfect quarterback to replace Jameis Winston, and Mike says, not so fast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speakers is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Mike Tannenbaum is with us in studio. So, Mike, yesterday we're talking about who could the Saints get at quarterback. None of us thinks Trevor Simeon's going to be the answer. If they think they can maybe win a Super Bowl this year, they got a defense, Sean Payton, the whole thing. And we were all thinking Cam Newton for various reasons, and you said the same thing on this Justin at 2 p.m. on ESPN. You told me and Chris Mortensen and everyone, Cam Newton, why it makes sense. We went over all those reasons. He's played the team twice a year for forever. He's familiar with the system. He's really good, etc. right? Dan Graziano on, the, Graziano, on the other hand, ESPN NFL insider, said something that blew my mind, um, and I can't believe I overlooked it. I want you to hear what he told us, who the Saints should trade for. Listen to this. Shouldn't they trade for Teddy Bridgewater? Like, isn't that the guy? Like, they don't have to teach him the offense. He already knows it. Went 5-0 and with him. Mike, what do you think? I wouldn't give up much for him because Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. And right now, between Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, they have Ian Book. I think they feel like they have plus or minus what Teddy Bridgewater is. And to me, the more intriguing guy is Cam Newton. And again, we talked about this yesterday, which is if I'm the Saints, I'm signing Cam Newton to a two-year deal because Jameis Winston's a free agent. So who's your quarterback to start next season? Taysom Hill, to me, is a good sort of like piece of the puzzle, but he's a collision player. He's dealing with a concussion. Ian Book's a little bit of an undersized quarterback from Notre Dame. But I would go sign Cam Newton to a two-year deal. And he's played against Sean Payton 15 times in his career. He has 24 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and seven rushing touchdowns. So if if I'm Sean Payton, knowing how successful Cam Newton's been against me, I have a championship defense, I would try to sign Cam to a two-year deal. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I, I said this yesterday, and, and Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting get because of the familiarity that you have with the New Orleans Saints in their system. But Cam Newton can get up to speed. Very smart, talented quarterback. I, it, it, there's this notion that Sean Payton's offense is so complicated to learn. and it, It's no complicated any more than anybody else's offense in the National Football League. Okay, the terminology is the terminology. Cam Newton, give him a couple weeks. Trevor Simeon holds it together. Cam Newton, give him a couple weeks. Not only that, when you are a, a play caller and a design of plays like Sean Payton and a football mind like Sean Payton, you can implement out of your game plan or better yet, out of your playbook, you can take 
plays to put in a game plan to fit Cam Newton's ability to continue to uh, let him grow within your system. You get Michael Thomas back, it's a no-brainer to me. I, I don't know why it's not being kicked around, if it's even being kicked around by the New Orleans Saints, but it would be one of the first things that if I was Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, general managers, I need to talk to Cam. I need to see where he's at physically. I need to see where he's at mentally. And his butt needs to get on the plane and come take a physical and get him signed up. Let's somebody. not even have a conversation. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. On the Teddy Bridgewater, depending, you know, we were having that hypothetical conversation about it being a first-rounder. And I said, there's no way in hell I'll give a first-rounder for Teddy Bridgewater. But I do want to ask you, Mike, if, if they were to make the move for Cam Newton, considering where their defense is, considering you understand firsthand basis, you know, how challenging it is for a quarterback to pick up new, diff- new schemes offensively, what do you think the ceiling is for the Saints with Cam this year? I think they could win a Super Bowl. I mean, they beat Tampa Bay. Wow. I, I think they can. You know, and one of the things that, you know, I learned in my experience was sometimes when you say, well, they just know the system. You know, a couple of years ago, we lost Ryan Tannehill. We go out and we signed Jay Cutler because he knew the system, quote unquote, Adam Gase's system. That didn't work out. He's still Jay at Cutler. At he's still, he, he, right. So, <laughs> like, that's why to me, like, the whole notion, well, Teddy Bridgewater knows the system. That, that but what about the fact – I hear that, and Cam also is just for the money. You don't have to trade draft picks and stuff, right. and that's huge. And for a first-rounder, I think you've got to press pause on that, or you don't want to overpay. What right. about the fact that he was 5-0, and oh, though? Like, he was – not just that he knows the system. You're 5-0. and oh, It's not a huge sample size, but damn, man, 5-0. and oh, Like, he's worked the system pretty well. Hey, to go back to Jay Will's point, though, like – Maybe this is overstating, but maybe the Saints are the kryptonite to Tom Brady. Like yeah. they seem to have his number. And Regular all his, season. All, all, yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. And Brady won that one playoff game. But I just think when you have a championship defense, you have a great head coach. You have Alvin Kamara, who's one of the ten best non-quarterbacks in the league. They're going to be a hard out. You know, like I could see them upsetting in Arizona. I could see them upsetting the Rams on one for a single game. That defense could hang in there with anybody. Yeah, and I think that when you look at when you look at New Orleans and Dennis Allen's running the defense over there, the former Raider head coach, defensive coordinator, Denver Broncos, he's been there several years now, and the defense was suspect several years ago. It's gotten extremely better. They went this offseason and added cornerbacks, something that they needed to outside of Lattimore. Um, they, they got an opportunity and a chance. It's up to the quarterback position, and Trevin Simeon just doesn't give them that. And Taysom Hill, when you when he comes back off concussion protocol, that's another thing that you got to worry about because of his style of play in the Swiss Army knife that he is. You take that away if you put him underneath the center. That other piece that you had, a Taysom Hill, goes away. You add a Cam Newton to the equation, now all of a sudden you got – the Swiss Army knife over here. You got a little bit of Cam Newton over there who knows the vision. I mean, it 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 certainly uh, is worth looking at. I, I hope that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis is smart enough to know that that's probably how we get over the hump. Key, I think that's a great point because if you could keep Taysom Hill in that role, you know, I've worked with so many defensive coaches in my career from Parcells, Belichick, Rex Ryan, Eric Mangini, and to your point about like when the quarterback can make plays with his feet like a hill with a certain package, that takes up so much of your time from a defensive preparation standpoint. Mm. That'll make Cam Newton that much better. So to get both of those players on the field, I think it makes them that much harder to defend. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I think trade deadline is today, so will a Pro Bowl wideout find a new home? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Time for Real or Not Real. Evan, what you got? All right, Real or Not Real is brought to you by Trico. Trico has been the future of wipers since 1917, keeping you a step ahead of Mother Nature. Visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. Real or Not Real. Odell Beckham Jr. will be traded today. Mike, our GM, real or not real? It should be, but probably not. Too too much money today to move him, but he should be. Not real. OBJ won't be moved. They're going to get it together. Baker Mayfield is getting the heat for not getting him the ball. Much like Mike said, it's a lot of money involved, and you can't make this deal happen fast. Yeah, not real. I just I want to believe what Key just said. I'm just not sure. Like, I, you know, it's not like it hasn't been prioritized for Baker Mayfield to throw him the ball, and it still hasn't happened. It's not real. The Browns' front office is smart, but here they're being stupid. They needed to trade Odell back in the day or a year ago to maximize value, and they're still going to be stubborn and hold on to him. It's a losing proposition, but that's what I think they're going to do. All right. The Chiefs, another AFC team. The Chiefs will make the playoffs. Real or not real key? Real. I think the Chiefs make the playoffs because the division is getting ready to come back to them. You look at the Los Angeles Chargers, they've got a dose of a wake-up call. Brandon Staley was the toast of the town for about four weeks there. Now, all of a sudden, the party's coming back to Denver Broncos, who know what that is, and we'll soon see if the Raiders are for real or not. Kansas City will just keep chipping away. Yeah, I agree. I think they are because, again, we got to remember that seven teams make the playoffs, so – not saying that they're playing great because they're not right now, but when you look at the AFC, maybe the Patriots come out of the East. Certainly the South doesn't look very strong, and I think two teams come out of the North. So I think when it's all said and done, the Chiefs make it, but this is not the same team we've seen in the past. I'm going to I'm gonna say not real. I don't see the Chiefs doing it, and I, I want to believe in Houdini. I know he has the ability to make things happen, but this defense is one of the worst defenses in the league. I just don't see that improving overnight especially in their next three games are really tough games i i think the chiefs are who we think they are it's real they're going to make the playoffs i still think 
that they're going to win the Super Bowl last year. I still think Mahomes is going to come back in that game. I can't, I'm not giving up on this team till they prove it to me. Yeah, no, it, it's fair. I mean, he's the best player on the planet. I still don't know about their back end. I thought their linebackers looked better. Willie Gay is a really good linebacker. Um, Frank Clark, Chris Jones are going to have to play exceptional. Just don't think – we've talked about the Saints a lot, guys. That's a championship defense. What we saw last night was not a championship defense for Kansas City. Mahomes is good. He's no Mike White. That's what I took away from. That's a good point. Mike White really lit it up. Justin Fields having his best game without Matt Nagy is a big deal. Real or not real, Mike? Yeah, you know, Mike, jump on board. Yeah, jump on board. It's a big deal. I mean, they have mismatched Justin Fields from day one. I'm not saying that he should have come in and just you know given him the whole playbook, but put him in a position and be successful. Give him a chance from a scheme standpoint from a confidence standpoint, to be the guy. He's so much better than Andy Dalton. And I think Matt Nagy, if he could have done it all over again, would have realized that I'm not in Kansas City where I have Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes is going to sit. This was a different situation. And the more we see Justin Fields play, albeit not perfect, his talent keeps shining through. Yeah, I, I, I would say it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to all of a sudden make it seem like Justin Fields went banana nuts on everything. He certainly – has gotten better each week except the one week where it was just a, a, a tragedy to see him out there on the field based on the way that they was utilizing him. But he's getting better every single week no matter who the play caller is because it's his ability. Um, and I think Matt Nagy being removed from the equation last week just makes it seem as though it's a big deal when really truly it's not. Yeah, I'll say it's, I'll say it's a big deal. I'll say it's real. Shocker. Uh, because per, perception is also reality for a lot of people these days. So when you see somebody thrive and you see that head coach not on the sideline for whatever reason, I know it's COVID-based related, uh, I think it gives off a different perception that people start talking about. It is a big deal, but it shouldn't be. It's a big deal because nowadays people have gone overboard trying to win on that rookie deal. So they rush quarterbacks. You know, Justin Fields, to me, should have been holding the clipboard for a year, maybe getting into a game or two, and then next year, I still wouldn't have high hopes. And then year three, I would start to think, let's see what he got, right? Key's talked about this. And then by year four, you got to be a pro bowler, basically. But nowadays, it's like, oh, it's week three. Why isn't he in the pro bowl yet? Uh, so it is a big deal, unfortunately. I don't know if Mike's really buying what but you're selling. I right think now. Matt Nagy was trying to do the right thing by the organization I, I, I at, at personal uh, risk. But, 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 but Matt Nagy had a fixed mindset. He should have been like, this is different. What is in the best? This is Justin Fields. This is not Alex Smith. Like, we're in a different situation. What gives Justin Fields the best chance to be successful? That's the essence of coaching. We saw it Sunday night. We saw Kellen Moore change his playbook to give Cooper. Well, that's a, a set, right. That's a separate. How they used him early is a separate conversation to me. I just really? mean, yeah, go ahead, Keith. No, I said really. Speaking of really, real or not real, that's what we're playing here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. All right, Derrick Henry is the most important player to any playoff contender. Before he got hurt, Derrick Henry was the most important player to any playoff contender. Key. Real, real. I would say because really the offense starts with Derrick Henry. It allows the receivers to get open. It allows Tannehill to to do things with the play-action pass game. And I understand they went out there, Mike, and they got Adrian Peterson. But really, like, did y'all really go inside Adrian Peterson as if he's going to help y'all get to the end goal? Like, come on, man. Seriously. I'm going to go not real. Aaron Rodgers, 
I mean, did you just see what Aaron Rodgers did the other night without three of his why without Devontae Adams, Lazard, and Scanlon? I, for him to play that way, that's Aaron Rodgers is the same reason why we have Green Bay at the top of the list because he's finding his stride. Yeah, not real. And Aaron Rodgers is the first name that comes to mind. But there are other quarterbacks, I think, more important to their team's success than Derrick Henry. But if you change the question to non-quarterback, then I'm in. No, because I, I would go with Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey before Derrick Henry. I mean, mm. if you take either Ramsey or Donald out of the Rams, I don't think they have any chance to win. Mm. Wow. They, yeah, see, a, I think they, yeah. I think they do, Mike. I do, too. I think because they got an explosive offense, and they, they it, in fact, their offense really isn't that explosive. What they do is they trick you. They, they got some of that old New England Patriot trick them in them, make you think that they're doing a whole lot of stuff, and they really not. Well, that was real or not real. Here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, nice job, Evan. The Dr. Pepper call-in line. We're asking, are the Chiefs a playoff team? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. Are giant changes coming? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.